Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Greg Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. A warm and friendly hello. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by Jeff Parles of the Vegas Ads and Information Network. We wound up doing this interview before the conclusion of Braves versus Dodgers. And boy, oh boy, did the Dodgers go down in a fiery heap. But we're going to be looking at both of these series talking about, well, how the managers I want to bringing in starters in relief are right now regretting it. Just how you should be taking into account managing in general when it comes to your handicapping and so much more. So we are going to have a tremendous chat there. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys a sign in total on game five of the NLCS between the Braves and the Dodgers and a little something you like to call touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways, we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They do mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated, and then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we wound up seeing a pair of very fascinating games in which... The home team wound up getting destroyed in each of them. So let's take a look back at it, try to get to know these teams a little bit better, and... 
find out what the heck went wrong for both the Red Sox and the Dodgers. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. The overstreak in the ALCS continues. We have seen five games so far in the ALCS. All five of one over as the Houston Astros completely bubbled the Boston Red Sox by a count of 9-1. to Now, I will say, Chris Sale looked very good early in his start against the Houston Astros. He allowed one run in the first five innings. He was hurt by a couple errors out there in the field, and then he wound up leaving with a line of giving up four runs over the course of five and a third innings, only two of which were earned. He did wind up allowing a home run in the process, taking him deep Jordan Alvarez in the second inning, but... Then once the Red Sox got into the bullpen, things did not go well. Ryan Brazier gives up a pair of runs while getting to us. And so Robles was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Same with Darwinson Hernandez along with Eric Cazuzada-Mora and then Martin Perez who has been giving up runs of plenty. He winds up giving up two runs in an inning and apparently Robles was the man that wound up giving up on those unearned runs as well as there was just a bunch of errors out there by the Boston Red Sox. Officially too, I think that you could have probably credited a little bit more than that. And for the Houston Astros, they got something that has been eluding a lot of teams this postseason. A really good start. Framber Valdez does wind up allowing a home run to Rafael Devers in the seventh inning. It's sort of the series, but he was able to go eight innings, giving up one run. You will certainly take that if you're the Houston Astros and then from there, Ryan Stanek, a scoreless inning, so the Houston Astros are now up by a count of three games to two in this series, and for the Astros... They have scored five runs or more in all but one of their games so far in the month of October. And, hey, all of a sudden, the pitching have looked a little bit better as well, giving up a combined three runs in these last two games. So, got to give them some credit. Got to give a lot of credit to the Atlanta Braves as well as they wind up completely pummeling the LA Dodgers by a count of 92. Julio Arias, who wound up coming in in relief in game two. Oh, guess what? He didn't look sharp starting game four on pretty much two days rest. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Dave Roberts, a complete and utter moron. I have no idea what he's doing. For Julio Arias, he gives up five runs over the course of five innings, including that one. Not two, but three home runs as taking him deep, Freddie Freeman. And then you wind up having Eddie Rosario go deep off of him. And then for those of us that like the over, and that was the New York Post play of the day, Eddie came up clutch for us in the ninth inning, going deep off of Tony Consolin. And Eddie Rosario, by the way, if you're taking a look for this series, he is currently now inning above a 500, so he has been doing an absolutely masterful job at a 588. And then you wind up having another home run come off the bat of Adam Duvall as it was a bullpen game for the Atlanta Braves. Drew Smiley was a bulk guy. He does give up two runs over the course of three and a third innings, but Jesse Chavez is scoreless inning. A.J. Minter, two scoreless innings. Tyler Manzik, Will Smith, they get jiggy with it for a scoreless inning. And Chris Martin, it will give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Meanwhile, for the Dodgers, Phil Pickford had to come in one and two-thirds innings. He was able to go scoreless. Justin Brohl was able to get an out out of the bullpen. And then Tony Gonsolin, who you figured was going to be a little bit of a bulk guy for their bullpen game that's coming up today, gives up four runs in two innings. So, not ideal for the LA Dodgers. And I know that someone was asking me, if you bet on the Dodgers in every single game this season, how much slash little money would you win? This is just on the money line and the money line only. And this would be with a $100 bet on every single one of them. And if you take a look at it, including this game, despite the fact that the LA Dodgers, regular season and postseason, 111 and 61, if you just bet their money line every single game for $100, you'd be down about $335 right now. I am not even kidding when I say that. Despite the fact that they're 50 games above 500, that is why when you take a look at those handicappers on Twitter, you want to be basing it on units rather than actual win-loss record because 111 and 61 looks really, really good. 
but it would have gotten you no profit whatsoever. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. Now, let's take a look at both of these series with our good friend Jeff Parles on the Vegas Sets and Information Network. Going to be having a great chat with him next right here on the Baseball Opening Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Always great to be joined by this guest. As he does an absolutely terrific job over there with the Vegas Ads and Information Network. Mondays through Fridays, you're able to hear him helping produce a numbers game over there at VSIN with Gil Alexander. He is both producer number Five and number eight. I don't know why they didn't just give you number five once again since you have been there once before, but you get the moniker of two different producer titles there. And then when it comes to the weekends, Jeff Parles does a great job with the VEASAN Bet Center. You're able to catch him every Saturday. If you're out here on the West Coast from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., if you're out there on the East Coast, that's Saturday through Sunday as he begins at 9 p.m., Goes through 1 a.m. He does that with Ben Wilson, who, hey, he was on this podcast yesterday doing a great job as to be able to follow Jeff Parles on Twitter. You're able to do so at his name, Jeff Parles, and that is with a J on Jeff, not a G-E and Jeff. Always great to have you aboard. Thank you. It's good to be on with you, buddy. It's a good time of year. We had all sorts of craziness on Tuesday, Greg. I mean, Braves are legitimately five outs away from being obviously huge favorites from making the World Series. and. Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers had different ideas. And then the Las Diaz experience. Everyone got that in its fullest on Tuesday. It's a good time of year. A very interesting series that both look like they could be very much over by the end of Wednesday. And obviously neither of them will be. Yep, absolutely. As we're going to have off in the ALCS today. And what we're going to be able to get out of game six is going to be very fascinating because we wound up seeing what you just wound up mentioning with the last year's experience. Anthony Evaldi not get the call that he deserved on a strike three. And then from there, if you wound up having the under on Tuesday in the Astros versus Red Sox, boy, oh boy, that is a beat for the ages. I mean, how you can project that, I don't know. But I would argue that Nathan Eovaldi should not have been in the game to start with. Now, we are a little bit uncertain as to who's going to be going in game six, but the assumption would be that Nathan Eovaldi is going to be pitching in this situation. And as we do this, we're a little bit unsure of Julio Arias and his final stat line for Wednesday, but we know now that Max Scherzer, who wanted trying to pull off something similar after closing out game five, he had a little bit of a dead arm situation when he wanted making his start in game two. So, I did not like the move at the time for the Boston Red Sox. And it's going to cause me to handicap Eovaldi a little bit differently because I was of the mindset that prior to him coming in relief, they had been by far the Red Sox best starter this postseason. He talked about Urias last week as well, technically on Sunday when the Dodgers brought him in in relief of game two. I didn't like either of the moves because why would you jeopardize? And look, I understand The thought process has to be more than anything. Hey, we want to take a 3-1 lead. We want to end this series. We want to basically, we don't want to have to get back on the plane to go to Houston if you're Boston. And I didn't agree with that. I thought Cora totally mangled the bullpen usage in game four. I understand the higher leverage situations, but Whitlock came in against the bottom of the order in the seventh inning. He probably could have got through that with Brugier in the seventh and then gone with Whitlock for eight and nine if you were going to use him for two innings. And yes, I know Altuve jumped him in the eighth inning, but who knows? Maybe it's a little different if Woodlock is coming in for the first inning of work. 
Maybe Altuve doesn't get a groove fastball to jump on the top of that eighth inning. So look, I didn't like the usage at all. Greg, look, can't jeopardize future games in this series. And the Dodgers kind of didn't. We'll see later tonight as we're recording this in the afternoon how Urias looks in game four for the Dodgers. But if he doesn't pitch well, then that decision to bring him in in game two is ridiculous. And if Evaldi doesn't pitch well in game six, we're losing three games to two going to Houston. That decision is going to loom large. And if the Red Sox go home and don't advance to the World Series and Evaldi doesn't pitch well in, in game six, regardless of if it ends in six or seven, Alex Cora's decision to bring him in in game four is going to be talked about for a while. Yes, I know you can technically blame Laz, but guess what? He did not have to be in the game and he did not have to jeopardize later games in the series just to try to get through the ninth inning of game four. Yep, I am in total agreement with you there. I thought that both of the moves were very head-scratching. Now, if it's a Game 7, you don't have to worry about it because if you wind up losing a Game 7, well, if you don't wind up winning that game, your season is over. And if it's a World Series, well, your season's going to be over. Anyway, you're going to have several months to be able to rest up. But when it comes to a Game 3, Game 4, Game 2, as we wind up seeing with Julio Rios, just does not make sense to me mortgaging the future for a move that in the present even isn't even that great, as we do have Jeff Parles of Eason joining me on the podcast. And Jeff, when I take a look at this Dodgers versus Braves series, as you mentioned, we don't know what wound up happening in Game 4, but we do know that in Game 5, it's going to be Max Fried on the mound, and I really do think that this is going to be a little bit of a must-win situation, regardless of the circumstances around Game 4, just because with Max Fried, he has been absolutely rolling for the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are 12-1 and in his last 13 starts. I would argue that he is one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. With the Dodgers, it's a little bit murky as to what they're going to be doing. It's sounding like a bullpen game. I think that they're going to be using Max Scherzer in Game 6 if they wind up getting that far, but certainly a spot in which if the Braves are going to be able to get a nice road win at a plus price, this is probably the opportunity that you're looking for. 100%, Greg. Look, if they're going to win a road game in this series, and again, they could win Game 4, and what I'm about to say is moot, this is the best opportunity against the Dodger bullpen game. If you're Atlanta, you don't want that sequence in the eighth inning to be the reason that you're not in a World Series. And more than likely at this point, Greg, I think the Dodgers are going to come back and win this series. If they were down 3-0, it's, say, look, only one team in baseball history had done it, and it was the curse breakers in 0-4 with the Red Sox. I don't want to say it's a must-win because you have two games at home in the back pocket with two guys who have pitched very well recently in Morden and Anderson. I don't want to go must-win, but if the Braves win game five, let's say they lose game four and win game five and are up 3-2 going back to Cobb County, it's going to be a awfully difficult for the Dodgers to win both games in Atlanta. It's a much different circumstance only having to win one, especially when you have Scherzer, who I understand is a, is not entirely himself. He has the arm fatigue issues. Maybe he can only go five innings moving forward as opposed to pushing into the seventh inning. But it's a lot easier for the Dodgers to get this thing done going back on the road up 3-2 as opposed to down 3-2. I agree with you. And something that we've been hitting on when it comes to both of these series as well is something that I really think that people need to look at more and more in their handicapping when it comes to this time of year. And that's managing because we're seeing the better managed teams have success right now. Dave Roberts pushing the wrong buttons in game two, bringing in their Uli Arias. That wound up costing them that game after they were up 4-2 to two going into the bottom of the eighth inning. We mentioned it with Alex Cora, the fact that 
he just hasn't had a good managing series in general against the Astros. And Dusty Baker, for as old, as ancient as he might be, I know that there has been criticism in the past of his bullpen usage. It seems like he's done a very good job all postseason long when it comes to being able to manage his guys. And this is something that I think is all the more important this time of year. I don't know if you wind up having a little bit of a different opinion on this, but there are things I amplify a little bit more in my handicapping when it comes to October rather than the rest of the year. And it certainly is home field advantage along with who is the manager of each respective team. Yeah, I think Dusty's done a lot better than I think anyone could have imagined because starters up until game five where Valdez, as we're recording this, has thrown five shutout. Starters have given them nothing in this postseason, especially in this series. I believe Valdez has gotten more innings in game five than the entire starting staff did in the first four games. I got to give Dusty credit. He's done a very nice job. He knows his team pretty well. And Cora, who I think is a great manager, has had, like you said, a very weird series with some bizarre pitching decisions so far. So, yes, advantage in this series has gone to Dusty. I don't know if that will hold up, but if Cora's going to overmanage, yes. I don't like either of the managers in the NL series. I like Snitker as a regular season manager. He's had all sorts of weird postseason decisions during his tenure in Atlanta. And at some point, he's going to make one in this series. I don't even think keeping Jackson in for that eighth inning was a bad decision, even though I wouldn't have minded staying with the lefties with the way that the Dodgers had just struggled to hit them so far this series. But I don't think there's much of a managerial advantage on either side in the Dodgers and the Braves series. So I don't, I, I'm not taking that into account. And I probably won't take it into account in game six. And if there's a game seven in the Houston and Boston series, because look, Greg, we talked about it all year about how I haven't fully bought this Boston team, yet they're close to the World Series. In the end, I still think Houston and the Dodgers, the two favorites going into these series, still advance to the World Series, regardless of whatever the managing on either side is. I do feel like when it comes to Snicker, he's not a guy that's necessarily going to make the right move, but he doesn't make the cataclysmically bad move. And you've got a little bit more volatility when it comes to Dave Roberts, as we do have Jeff Barles of Easton joining me on the podcast. And I think that that's a very important moniker because, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, as of right now, it looks like the Dodgers are going to be going with a bullpen game in Game 5. And that just leaves a whole lot of uncertainty for the Dodgers, a team that going into Game 4 of the NLCS we're hitting just a buck 92 with runners in scoring position. I think that that's such a big part of it, too, because with Roberts, he is someone that he sometimes pushes the wrong buttons, but the team just has so much talent in general that a lot of times it can pretty much be a deodorant for some of the stink that he winds up throwing out there. But when you wind up having a bullpen game, he's going to need to push all the right buttons, especially if this team is unable to hit with men in scoring position. And that's where I really think it could rear its ugly head. Like I told you, I'm not a huge snicker guy. And at some point, I expect him to make an error. Now you flip over to the Dodgers, like you said, bullpen game. And this is the one thing. And look, I don't always agree with John Smoltz, but he is right on this. When you ask for a bullpen game, especially in a playoff game, you're asking for so many pitchers to pitch well in one day and that is a lot to ask especially in a high pressure situation and especially Greg with a team that hasn't really done it during the season and Mark Borchard was on a numbers game and made a great point if you're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays you have to be the Tampa Bay Rays for the whole season which what he means is Greg the Rays use openers all year so even though they imploded in the playoffs Their guys were used to doing it. He had one bad outing for McClanahan, 
who was, yes, was used to it, but was a younger guy in game four. And obviously that was the reason they got eliminated prematurely, in my opinion. But look, I am concerned about the Dodgers' usage of a bullpen game. It worked in game five against the Giants, even though I think Dave Roberts was wrong to put Max Scherzer into the ninth inning, especially how good Kenley Jansen has been over the last few months when he's finally found himself and now has four legit pitches now for really the first time in his whole career since it was cutter, 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 cutter his entire career up until this recent stretch. So look, there are concerns, but it's more so about the pitchers each one being able to execute more so than Roberts putting the right guy in in the right spot. Yeah, I think that's going to be so fascinating to see what happens with the Dodgers in a Game 5 scenario just because we don't necessarily know what wound up happening in Game 4 because I did have my fears going in that Mr. Julio Arias would not be able to go as far as he would like. And when you wind up having a tax bullpen going into a bullpen game, typically things do not go well for you. But things always go well whenever we have Jeff Parles on this podcast because, Jeff, you do an amazing job over there at the Vegas Ads and Information Network. You do a great job producing Monday through Friday for Mr. Gil Alexander. And then on the weekends, you're holding it down at the Visa Bet Center. And now that you've got a few other things going on as well. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, at Jeff Parles on the tweets is the easiest way to get me. A numbers game and to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday on the Sin. Uh, that's 7 to 9 Pacific. VEASAN's Bet Center, 6 to 10 Pacific, uh, leading us into the Greg Peterson experience. So make sure you tune into that. Absolutely. It is the best lead in ever. And then you wind up getting the letdown after that. But with that said, Jeff, doing an absolutely terrific job following a little bit of everything. A very hard worker indeed over there at VEASAN, a man that you're able to catch pretty much six days out of the week at the Vegas Ads and Information Network. And with Bet Center leading into two days, Technically, all seven days of the week if you're out there on the East Coast. And Jeff has joined me a lot on this podcast and brings it every single time. So big thanks to Jeff for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you my side in total for NLCS Game 5 between the Dodgers and the Braves and a little something like y'all. Touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Always a pleasure to get our good friend Jeff Parles of the Vegas Ads and Information Network on the podcast. He brings it every single time and did so once again today, holding it down Monday through Friday as the producer of a numbers game, and then he's on the VEASAN Bet Center during the weekend, so always great to have him aboard. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a sign total for NLCS Game 5 between the Atlanta Braves and the LA Dodgers, and a little something like call... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that if we do wind up getting any changes on this, I will list that up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. With that said, we know relatively what we're going to be getting here as we've only got one place as I am doing this at 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern. That has a lineup for this Braves versus Dodgers game. So obviously your number might be varying here. And that is at the Westgate, by the way, as we do go to 919, 920 on the betting board as the LA Dodgers are going to be playing us the Atlanta Braves. The Dodgers did not name a starter, but they have named that is a bullpen game. And I will add to it, they are using a tired bullpen 
second game, and it's going to be Max Freed going for the Atlanta Braves, and somehow, someway, the Westgate wound up hanging the Braves as a plus 140 underdog. Meanwhile, the LA Dodgers are a minus 150 favorite. Your total is 8, over is minus 120, and the under is even. I can tell you right now, I wound up setting this total a little bit north of 9, so if you're able to get anything of a 9 or lower, I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I am favoring the Atlanta Braves here. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise, and here, post play of the day's Braves as not only did I wind up making them a smaller underdog than this, I actually made them the favorite in this spot. With the Atlanta Braves, Max Freed has been dealing 12-1 and are the Atlanta Braves in his last 13 starts. In this time span, he has got an ERA that's hovering right around a buck 50. He's been doing it at home. He's been doing it on the road. In six starts against the Atlanta Braves ever since the All-Star break of the 2019 series, he has given up three runs or fewer in every single one of them. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of the LA Dodgers. And this bullpen did wind up having the second best ERA in the big leagues, but their bulk guy that they were supposed to be using, Tony Gonsolin, he is not going to be available. They, for some reason, did not wind up having David Price on the roster, so you're taking a look at it, and who in the heck is going to be pitching for the LA Dodgers? Who knows? Now you're going to have Blake trying. He's able to give you multiple innings. That's going to be able to help them out a little bit. Justin Brule only wound up going five pitches. you got to figure that you're going to be using Joe Kelly for an inning. Corey Knable is going to be coming out of the bullpen. So it's just going to be a whole bunch of guys. Alex Vasilla is probably going to be giving you an inning. But this is not where you want to be. Bersuiter Gradrall has been a hot mess this postseason, even though he is capable of throwing one or two. And then you just take a look at the Atlanta Braves. And Eddie Rosario is currently a man possessed. He's hitting a five. 88 in the series, and he wound up having multiple home runs, the most significant of which, if you wound up having the over, the one in the ninth inning that gave you the over, so there is that. Jock Peterson has been absolutely incredible here in the postseason as well. He's already got a home run in this series. He's been doing a great job of reaching base all throughout the playoffs. Austin Riley's actually only hitting a buck 88 in this series, despite the fact that he wound up getting that gift double in game four, which it was clearly an error, but he's been able to do a great job. Freddie Freeman has gone yard in this series. You've been getting it from really all these guys in the Atlanta Braves lineup top to bottom. And for the LA Dodgers, this is a team that they're hitting below a 200 with men in scoring position, so that is not helping out their cause, and that's throughout the entirety of the postseason throughout these nine games. And they're just not generating a lot with Max Muncy out of the fold. You can tell that they clearly miss him. Mookie Betts is only hitting at 214, and for that matter, among position players that wound up starting in the game yesterday, you wound up having two guys that wound up leaving with a batting average above a 267. That would be Cody Bellinger, who we all remember, he wound up having a really bad season in general, and Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor was a little bit of an afterthought as well. These two guys have really come to the forefront, but I mean, Gavin Lux has been a hot mess throughout this entire series. Corey Seager, he has been able to hit a couple home runs throughout the postseason, but he's only hitting right around 200 as well. You've had A.J. Pollock, and I don't understand why they're not using A.J. Pollock a little bit more. I actually really like the way that he's been able to perform here in the postseason, and towards back half the regular season, it was really good as well, but I take a look at the Atlanta Braves. I think that they're going to get another masterful start for Max Freed, and you take a look at the way that the Atlanta Braves maneuvered that bullpen game. They did a really good job. Obviously, Drew Smiley was a little bit of a bulk guy, but you could bring back Jesse Chavez who wound up only throwing 11 pitches. Tyler Maddox threw 14, Will Smith threw 16, so it's not like you necessarily have tired arms, and I think that Mr. Snicker has done a great job of being able to manage this Braves team. If you need him to come out of the bullpen, you're also able to take a look at someone like a Jacob Webb who wound up doing some solid work towards the back half of the season as well. I think that the Braves are in very good position here, so I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot, unless it winds up going north of 9, and my New York Post play today is the Atlanta Braves on the money line to be able to close things out, and that'll wrap things 
things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Thursday. A big thanks to Jeff Parles of the Vegas Edson Information Network for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one or two ways we have fired those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM, maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're both firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I am coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.